You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years. It's time for JT The Brick. Every one of these games has been a pain in the ass. Every game is like a nightmare. Catch the ball. Tackle. It's a new day. It's a new chapter. It's a new era. It's a new mindset. A lot of Raider fans wanted a change. You got the change. Our intention of how we play, the execution of our play, the mindset of our team, that, that's what I'm looking for. This is a turn in the right direction for the Raiders organization, and I'm pumped about it. I get right to the point. It's black and white. You know how I feel when I walk out the door. I think the Raider fans are happy for a reset. I'm not a long-winded person. I'm not going to give you a dialogue or write an essay. This guy's ready to roll. He's not messing around. He wants to win. Raider Nation, our fan base, our alumni base, everybody come blacked out. That black hole get rocking and rolling. As I always say, you know, you show up and we'll show out. JT the Brick. Unbelievable energy. Hyped up, ready to go, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. What is that mindset? It's that of the Raider pride. The commitment to excellence. And making sure our alumni, our fan base, and Raider Nation are proud what they see on the field. And now... I'm glad you did your homework. That's the same thing I told our players. Here's JT the Brick. Oh, we're out of the gate. Man, I got the vest on today. We're on, We're live on YouTube at JT the Brick YT. I got a flight right after the show lined up. I got a flight, a little quick trip uh, to the OC after the show, and I'm already delayed. I'm already delayed two and a half hours. I'm flying into the Pineapple Express, man. Look, there are people that do much tougher jobs like firemen and cops, and they put out oil fires, and they work construction at 3 in the morning, state troopers and all that, man. But I've had some bad luck traveling, man, and hopefully not. I don't want to jinx it. I guess I already did, Danny. I guess I already jinxed Danny in for Bobby today. But, man, we have a Pineapple Express an Arctic blast. I'm a big weather guy because I grew up in Long Island, New York. I went to college in upstate New York, and the weather pretty much sucked my whole life other than the summer. In the summer, it was gorgeous. There's no place in the world you'd rather be than Long Island where I grew up in the summertime. I mean, it was fabulous, right? Go out to the Hamptons, Jones Beach, Tobey Beach, wherever you went, the Adirondacks, wherever you went, it was gorgeous. But then it just started to turn gray. And then it would get grayer, and then it would start to rain, and it wouldn't stop raining, and then it would get cold, and then it would get really cold. And that was the life I grew up in. No one told me as a young boy, go west, young man. Go west, young man, until my best friend and I figured we had it. Couldn't do it anymore. We love our family. We love our family. Love our families, our cousins, but we just couldn't do it. We got to go out west. And relatively, the weather here in Vegas is spectacular. Spectacular. Other than the summer. Isn't that weird? The summer is when you want to get out of here. If you're a newbie to Vegas and people don't tell you to get out of here in July and August, just for a week or two. Not everybody can take a five-week vacation. I know that. But you get out of here. You go to the beach or you go back east like I do. Whatever you can do. But we need good Super Bowl weather. We do. We need good Super Bowl weather. It's part of this thing. I know we're inside. We're casinos. No, no, no. We're Vegas. People want to be outside drinking and partying because we have no rules other than the major rules. No fighting. No crime. Don't steal anybody's stuff. But you can do anything in Vegas. You really can. It's a free country here. There's no clocks in the casinos. No one says, go to bed. It's 2.05. Go to bed. It's 2.45 a.m. You can stay up all night. And they'll serve you cervezas, Modelo. They'll serve you food. And it's great here. It's fantastic living here. But, man, when it gets cold and wet and dank, and today, oh, wow, 
Just uh, an interesting day today. So I'm trying to get out of here after the show. I might not. Might not get out of here, man, the way it's going. I remember when airlines used to fly, Danny, in the rain. They used to. I was delayed six hours going to Naples, six hours to Florida, and it was blue skies because where the plane was coming from, it was raining. Remember, I remember when the airline industry used to serve prime rib and the stewardesses, they weren't called at that point. They weren't, they were stewardesses. They'd have big knives and they'd cut prime rib. I wasn't around for that. I wasn't old enough, but you see the pictures of it. Now the airlines won't fly in the rain. They just ground delay until it stops raining. We love the pilots and everybody else out there. And as Lorenzo says, don't forget us truck drivers. Real quickly, the truck drivers built my career. I call it the Truck Driver Radio Network at night. All those years at night when you heard me, the truckers were the guys with the cell phones and gals, the people who would call in, the truckers, moving product, moving our economy coast to coast. I'm always thinking of the truckers as beginning the show. There will be no Raider announcement today on an OC. Okay, so I, 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 you know, there's not a lot of things I know. I doubt because anything can happen, but I think we're safe on no OC today. A lot of Raider fans are kind of getting, not worried, but wondering, why is it taking so long? Are we waiting for Kubiak from the 49ers till after the Super Bowl? Possibly. If that's the guy they targeted, I don't know. There's a lot of good names out there. And this has been the wildest offseason of musical chairs that I've ever seen in my 27-year career on the radio. I've never seen anything close to what we've seen this year in regards to what's happening with the coaching carousel. And Antonio Pierce was one of the first guys, one of the first guys to get hired from interim coach. And then he jumps in, he goes from interim coach, and now we're talking about officially a head coach. So if I'm Antonio Pierce, he should be pretty happy right now. You know why Antonio Pierce should be really happy? Because Mike Vrabel, Pete Carroll, and Bill Belichick can't get a job, and Antonio Pierce got a job. So if Antonio Pierce, this is a very important statement I'm making, if he didn't blow away you, the fans of the Raider Nation, impress Mark Davis, have the locker room in the palm of his hands, I don't think he gets a job in this cycle. He doesn't. He's a linebacker coach who was an interim coach. If he's kind of, eh, you know, he's okay, he's not great, he's not going to get a job before guys like Mike Vrabel, Dan Campbell. He's not. Those guys have more coaching experience. But Antonio Pierce did his job in the dress rehearsal brilliantly. He had the locker room going, brought in Jack Jones, his guy, brought in Marvin Lewis and reached out to Tom Coughlin, his guys, got Max Crosby and Devontae in the locker room saying, we want this guy. Brilliant move by Antonio Pierce. And then the Raiders don't have to get into this really troughed and try to fight here for what's going on at that head coaching position. So a big deal. So as Adam Schefter put this out earlier today, he does a hiring cycle scoreboard. Uh, He nailed this. Chargers, Jim Harbaugh. Raiders, Antonio Pierce. Patriots, Gerard Mayo. Titans, Brian Callahan. Panthers, Dave Canales. Falcons, Raheem Morris. Seahawks, Mike McDonald. And today, Dan Quinn ends up getting the gig with the Commanders and it looked like Quinn had the job for the Seahawks until the Seahawks until the Cowboys got blown out at home in that game. And lucky for Dan Quinn, he gets that job there. The announcement earlier today, Ian Rappaport talked about this. Quinn, the last man standing in the head coach carousel. 
Quinn, who really was a top candidate along with Ben Johnson for the Commanders all along. He has improved. He has gotten better. He's learned a lot since his last stint as a head coach. Obviously, what he did with the Cowboys defense, save for the last game, really impressive this year. But so much of this is about leadership. It is about pairing a first-time GM with a veteran head coach. That is what Washington gets. Now, the Cowboys have an opening at defensive coordinator. I would also expect, as colleague Steve Weish mentioned, Joe Witt to go with Dan Quinn as the defensive coordinator. He's currently Cowboys secondary coach, but now a new opening in Dallas as well. What I find most fascinating is the Raiders are at the Senior Bowl. And Ian Rappaport, NFL Network's also at the Senior Bowl. Is when you're, you're, you're the defensive coordinator from the Ravens, and then you go get a head coaching job in Seattle. You take all your buddies in the building with you away from John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh goes, oh, hold on a second. We just lost the AFC championship game and shut out Kansas City. Shut them out in the second half. Where are all you coaches going? Well, all of a sudden a coach moves and he goes to another city. And you know what that coach does? Perfect example, Mike McDonald with Seattle. He goes around to all those position coaches and say, you're going to be on my team. I'm going to get you a $400,000 raise. They all go, let's go. That's what happens with this coaching carousel. That people leave, they take their coach, they go with their coach to another city. There is chaos going on in the NFL today. Chaos in regards to the Baltimore Ravens who are losing a whole bunch of coaches and they're leaving John Harbaugh. And that's what happens. Look look what's going on with Sean McVay the last five years, right? Sean McVay, everybody's leaving him. Every coach, Brandon Staley, Raheem Morris, all the other position coaches are going on and getting other jobs because the Rams have done such a good job with their coaching staffs that those coaches are getting elevated to other positions for, for more money. I think the Ravens, I was reading up on the Ravens today, they're in a lot of trouble. They are in a lot of trouble, the Ravens, in regards to trying to go out and poach coaches. And I think the fortunate thing about that Seattle hire, which really sits well for the Raiders, is all accounts are Patrick Graham is here. Patrick Graham is here because he wasn't named the head coach of the Seahawks. Let that sink in. Mike McDonnell is now the youngest coach in football. Patrick Graham had to be close, right? He had to be close. They hired Mike McDonald. You've never heard of him. You all listen to Raiders radio. You know who our, our defensive coordinator is. He had to be pretty close. So I would assume, I would assume if Patrick Graham's defense next season does well, which I expect it to do, Patrick Graham will be a head coach in the next cycle. Because you can't tell me Brian Callahan, Gerard Mayo, Dave Canales, and Mike McDonald are better than Patrick Graham. You'll never prove that to me. One of them will. One of them will pop and maybe be the next Sean McVay. But Patrick Graham is probably going to be in the hunt to go out there and get something. Uh, the original surfer Bob says we need a smoke break, Cam, so we can hang with Bobby during a commercial. Bobby's not in today. Bobby has uh, been off a little bit this week. Uh, we do not have a smoke because Bobby Bobby likes to smoke. You know, Bobby during the breaks, the phone, Danny, the phones will ring. Phones will ring during the break. Uh, you know, Bobby's having one. He likes to have a cig at the top of the hour. I, I, that's not a problem. That's a work requirement. For a lot of people in this great country of ours. So we'll see what happens here with the Raiders. I'm excited about the potential for an offensive coordinator because I think the offensive coordinator is going to have to take the roof off. Okay? Going to have to take the roof off because of what happened last season. What happened last season was 
Wow, pretty bad. Pretty bad that this offense was that poor. And for those who didn't like Josh McDaniels, if the offense played better, I repeat, if the offense played better, Josh McDaniels would be the head coach of the Raiders. No doubt. Big contract, big buyout, defense played well. The offense didn't. If the offense played well, not great, well, under an elite offensive play caller that will always be on Josh McDaniels' business card, elite, multi-Super Bowl offensive play caller, comes to Vegas and the offense doesn't work. Shocking. The next guy who comes in, all he's got to do is go back on the internet and Google Josh McDaniels been fired and see how you will get fired or not retained as an offensive coordinator. So I'm guessing the next the next offensive coordinator is going to jump in and go crazy. He's going to go crazy. He's going to sit in the meetings and go, "Oh my god, I don't know as much as Josh McDaniels. I didn't I didn't coach in six Super Bowl victories." What do I know? I'm a good offensive coordinator, but I'm getting a big shot with the Raiders. I better do better than the head coach play caller who got fired. So what I would do is I'd come out and I'd just rip the roof off with Trey Tucker, Devontae Adams, Michael Mayer. I'd go four wide. I'd go shotgun. I'd listen to JT the Brick, and I'd run more no huddle. I'd run faster. I'd be more intense in the third quarter as the clock's going tick, 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 and we're huddling, we're huddling, and we're just looking up. No, no, no. This offense has got to go, and whoever gets hired is going to pick up the pace of this offense or we don't have an offense. You cannot have elite Lamborghinis and Ferraris in the parking lot all day and not take them out for a drive. Devontae needs to be tuned up with a new OC who's going to let him fly. And I think Devontae's got a few more years, more than you think, in his prime. right? If he slows down two years from now a half a step and becomes more of a possession receiver, I remember I covered Tim Brown. Here, Tim Brown at the end of his career, Jerry Rice at the end of his career. How lucky were we in the biggity, biggity, biggity O to see Jerry Rice at the absolute end of his career be so productive he went to a Pro Bowl, and Tim Brown always gave 100%, and Timmy at the end of his career wasn't the fastest guy in the league, but he caught a lot of balls because he knew how to get open. Hunter Renthro kind of knew how to get open, but they didn't go to him anymore. So when we look at all of this, we need an offense. We need an offense. guy by the name of Who Cares says we need an offense like Buffalo had under Jim Kelly. I would agree. You want to you want an offense that's going to have a nickname and be so good? I think that's what the Raiders are doing now. The Raiders are trying to figure this out, and the due diligence has been amazing. I mean, Richard Seymour, I hope he lives here. The guy's in a meeting every day. Hall of Famer Richard Seymour on that coach committee and everything he does. How much knowledge is Richard Seymour gaining with all these meetings that he's been fortunate enough to be a part of? Good guy. So that's what we have here on the Raiders. Uh, Vinny's going to join us. Matter of fact, Vinny's joining us. Danny, I forgot to tell you, Vinny Bonsignor. So he's going to check in. Uh, Johnny Katz is going to join us, our entertainment reporter on the Super Bowl. Super Bowl parties. The big announcement, Dead & Company. I think they're doing a 14-show run over at the Sphere. That's amazing. Love that. Another band that claimed to retire and took all the money from their fans they could get. I like the Dead. I saw the original Grateful Dead double-digit times with Jerry Garcia. Okay, I've seen the Dead, not Dead and Company. And Dead and Company waving goodbye at the end of their career in San Francisco like we're never going to see you again. Sure. How long did that last? 
more Dead & Company shirts will be sold at the Sphere than anywhere in the history of their touring band. So that's coming up to uh, Super Bowl parties, Radio Row. Oh, I wanted to share that if you didn't see it on Twitter. So yesterday, I picked up my Super Bowl credential, and I went to the Tropicana. And I had a buddy of mine who's still in town, my buddy Tony Campbell from the Fillmore in San Francisco. He comes out here, he does some work as a roadie. And he dropped me off, and I said, oh, give me about 10 minutes, I'll be out front. And I walked through the Tropicana for the last time. Now, I'm not an emotional Tropicana guy. I didn't spend a lot of time at the Tropicana, but I know the history of Vegas. Come on. The Tropicana and all the legends and the legendary gamblers and performers and all of that. So I walked there, and the credentials were in the back-back convention area. So I walked the whole property from the main entrance to the back. And it was interesting because I knew I'd never walk it again. So I was looking. The carpets were clean. The slot machines were all polished. It looked nice. looked like a nice... Property. So I got finally got to the back of the convention center, and there was no one there. I, I walk in, and the staff who were doing the credentials could not have been nicer people. I mean, the nicest people. How lucky are they? They're volunteering and working for the Super Bowl. So I put my eye up to the scanners like you do at the airport. I put my eyes up, and boom, it hits my eyes, and my name comes up in my picture, and it says 26. And I go, excuse me, what's the 26? And they go, this is your 26th Super Bowl. I said, you're right, because I missed one for COVID. They didn't have a radio road during COVID. So how blessed am I to cover my 26th Super Bowl in the media and have the opportunity to do it in my city? So as they gave me the lanyard and the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm walking out, and the lady says, you sound like you're going to have fun. I go, yeah, I'm very proud. I'm in Vegas. I mean, I live in Vegas, and we have the Super Bowl in Vegas. And as I walk back out the back, I didn't go through the front, and I look back at that old lady, the Tropicana. The old lady, Tropicana, I said goodbye to never go in again. I doubt I will ever go in. Uh, the ballpark stuff, I don't want to get into. We are not the flagship of the A's. We're the flagship of the Raiders. There could be a lot of changes in years to come. I will find out what they are. But that's the last time I will step on that property, I think. I don't think the Black Hole or my friends are having any events there. But it was just nice to walk through that building one last time. If you've ever been to Vegas for the implosion, because it's going to take a while to take down the drop, and then they're going to, Danny, Danny, you know this, they're going to have the implosion where they're really going to blow it up. I, would, I don't know how close, you're not going to be able to get as close as the MGM, but maybe New York, New York, or somewhere across at the Luxor, wherever it's going to be, because they'll have that place corridored off, but it'll be amazing if you've ever seen them blow up a hotel or two in Vegas. It truly is a celebration because it brings in new life and new business, and it helps this economy. So that's what's going to happen there. All right, so last thing I want to get to in the monologue before we open up the phones, and again, I should have nine people on hold before I park the car. That's my goal. One day, I will have nine people on hold, and I will quit. I'll go up to Q, and I'll say, Q, we did it. I got nine people on hold. I've done it. Here's my key card. I'm retiring. Until then, 702-365-9200. Raider OC. Raider OC after the two coaches that were just announced, including the commanders hiring Dan Quinn as their new coach. If you think that Dan Quinn's a better coach than Bill Belichick, I got the key to your own cell at a psycho ward. If you think that Dan Quinn is better than Bill Belichick, I'm going to lose my mind. Bill Belichick didn't get hired in this cycle because people were scared. They were scared of the almighty Oz. They weren't in the Belichick meetings. They weren't at the Super Bowl meetings with them. They weren't there with them. 
Oh, my God, should we even call Bill? Well, what is he like? I'm nervous. Who's going to interview Bill Belichick? He knows more than us. I don't want to interview him. Do you want to? No, I don't, no, let's not call Belichick because we're not ready to interview him. What the hell happened here? If I asked a 1,000 people, a 1,000 people, not one person would have told me two months ago Belichick wouldn't have got hired. They wouldn't have guessed where he got hired. I would have said commanders. That was my original choice, commanders. But everyone would have said he's getting a job. He's going to cherry pick whatever he wants. Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel and Pete Carroll missed out on this cycle. Shocking to me. So I think it is the ability now to go young, to go young with these offensive whiz kids who think they know what they're doing, and the offensive whiz kids are going to open up the offense, open up the offense, get it going, and all of that. I would just tell you this. I think that Bill Belichick has been humbled maybe more than any coach I've ever seen in my career. Phil Jackson wasn't treated this way. Greg Popovich is running a franchise into the ground. Greg Popovich is running the Spurs into the ground, even with Wembanyama. They're barely competitive. He don't get fired. He doesn't get fired. Pop. Can you remember, and maybe that's a good topic to open up the show too, Danny. Can you remember a coach in any sport of the big four, hockey, baseball, football, basketball, that was humbled as much as this man, Bill Belichick, in one offseason? I can't. Oh, I do have the one. I got it. I can't believe it. Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy won three World Series and didn't get a call. Sat drinking wine, Boch, and couldn't get a call. And I'm screaming on the radio going, my Yankees aren't going to fire Aaron Boone, who can't manage a pitching staff? No. The Yankees could have fired him, brought in Bochy, and where would the Yankees be? Bruce Bochy just won a World Series for the Texas Rangers. So I think it's Bochy and Belichick. Bochy's back. Can you think of another coach in another sport? Hockey coaches are in that mold because hockey, you can, Bruce Cassidy, another good one, right, Danny? He went to the Stanley Cup with Boston and got fired. He didn't win the Stanley Cup. He got to the Cup. They fired him. He came to us, and we won a Stanley Cup here with the Golden Knights. So Vinny Bonsignor will join us. Go check out the live stream. I'm going to get in the chat right now. As we get that going up at YouTube, JT the Brick YT off tomorrow. Harry Ruiz, the great Harry Ruiz, is in for me tomorrow, which should be a lot of fun. And then Monday, we're live from Radio Row at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. And I'm also proud to announce Friday, a week from tomorrow, we'll be outside at Cafe Americano on the deck at Caesars. Friday remote, a couple of special guests, Ice Cold Modelo. Cafe Americana. Also, they have seats available if you want to watch the Super Bowl there. You can call Cafe Americano at Caesars Reserve a Table. And I think that'll be a good time. That'll be the wrap-up of my week next week, which will be a long one uh, for all of us here in Vegas. We'll have a couple of Modellos and hang out and have a good time. The monologue brought to you by PTs. It serves a lot of Modelo. Best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Come on into PTs and watch the Golden Knights. They're on a little bit of a break here. But they come back next week. Should be a lot of fun for Edmonton at home on Tuesday night there. All right. Good monologue. Way to go. A lot of people in the chat. Let's hear from some fast-paced Raider fans on an OC, which has been the topic here. Also, I'm going to get into Mad Max. He had his hand surgery. I texted him, and he got back to me. I'll tell you about that. I think he's the new bionic man. My new nickname for Mad Max, Mad Max Crosby. The Bionic Raider. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by the DeCastaverde Law Group. 
If you get into an accident, call 702-222-9999. Thanks to Steph McKenzie, who reminds us at the Castaverde Law Group, the brothers have your back if you get into an accident. 702-222-9999 is the way to get in touch with the DeCastaverde Law Group. A cover story at ESPN today, uh, Bill Barnwell suggests trading for the number one pick and for Justin Fields. Which way should the Bears go? Should the Bears trade Justin Fields and draft a quarterback or go forward with him and rebuild? So they have a couple of scenarios there behind their paywall. You know, they, 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 at this stage, they, they make you pay to read the rest of that. I'd rather just listen to me. I'll tell you what what's going to happen here. The Bears have to move that pick. They have to move the pick. I th- now they're going to use the pick for Caleb Williams, and they have to move Justin Fields. And because Caleb Williams is already better than Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, he's not Patrick Mahomes yet, but he's the only comp. He's the only comparable that we have. That's it. In a long time, by the way, the only guy I've seen come into this league, and Mahomes has been here for a while now. Close to Mahomes is Caleb Williams. And as I said, I think he that requires three first-round picks. Drake May, two. You want to go with Jaden Daniels, two first-round picks. No problem with that. But if you want to get Caleb Williams, you got to give up everything to get him. And if you're not comfortable doing that, don't do it. You know, people are buying into conspiracy theories. Caleb Williams, he's not a hard worker. He's one of the hardest workers you could be. He worked out. Remember Jalen Hurts was working out with Oklahoma? Caleb Williams, Oklahoma Connections. Remember Kyler Murray went number one overall. Baseball, football, weight room, the weight room at Oklahoma. Caleb Williams, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray. I mean, these guys are animals in regards to fitness, nutrition, and how they work out. Elite athletes, all of them. So there's no doubt in my mind that Caleb Williams will go number one. A couple of the themes that were were talked about over the last couple of days, now that Dan Quinn is going to be the new coach there. He's a defensive-minded head coach. Many people think that Dan Quinn, he's got a long-term deal. I don't have the contract in front of me, but the young kid from Seattle just got a six-year deal. So let's say Dan Quinn gets a five-year deal. Dan Quinn, with the commanders, who has the second pick, is not going to get fired if they go two, three wins. He's not going to get fired. He's got a brand-new coach. Caleb Williams is from that area of the country. Caleb Williams probably does not want to play for the Bears. That's being thrown out there. I believe there's a lot of truth for that. John Elway, Eli Manning were other guys who didn't want to play for certain teams. So I think that Justin Fields would be a very good fit for the Raiders. I'm not saying it has to happen, but if Justin Fields is the quarterback of the Raiders week one next week, I'm fine with that because he can run as good as anybody in the league. The only guy who can run better than him is Lamar. Justin Fields can run better than Mahomes. And then you got to work him up. you got to have this OC who's a mystery man, the mystery OC who none of us know about. He's got to get Justin Fields up to speed. With Devontae Adams, Michael Mayer, Josh Jacobs, I hope's back, Zeus, Trey Tucker. You know, Justin Fields came to Vegas and beat the Raiders. I know I'm a season ticket holder. I watched Justin Fields beat us. He didn't have a remarkable game in that game, but he ran when he had to. So I think the play, is the smart play is Washington at number two to trade up to number one and get Caleb Williams. So they're already the second pick. So they're only going to trade one pick up. So the team would get that pick. And then on top of that, you would have to see Chicago get Washington's next two years number ones. 
two more number ones over the next two years. I think that's fair. As I said, if the Raiders wanted to trade up from 13 to 1, I think it's three first-round picks. To me, that's too expensive. But for Caleb Williams, I think a lot of Raider fans would consider that. And then what about some of the other teams that need a quarterback that are in the top six or seven? What is it going to cost them to move up to number one? The people that I talk to, the NFL insiders, all tell me the same thing. Three first-round picks. They're not going to want to trade with you if you have the 27th pick in the first round. They want teams that have high picks that aren't going to be good for the next year or two, and the Bears would like those picks along with what they have. So this Justin Fields story is going to pick up a lot of steam because I think there's truth to it. I don't know for sure, but I think there's a lot of truth to the fact that Justin Fields would probably like to move on, get a fresh start somewhere else because Chicago doesn't develop quarterbacks well. I don't think Caleb Williams wants to go to Chicago. I think that's going to be fair to say. And then on top of that, I think it's really important to know that Washington is probably the best fit for Caleb Williams with Magic Johnson, part of that ownership crew. I would assume that Caleb Williams grew up as a kid and looked up to Magic Johnson. And I think that's just going to be a better fit. It's incredible. I'm a Knicks fan. No one wants to play for my Knicks. No one. No one wants to play for the Knicks. And it's starting to be that way for Chicago. Major market town, Chicago, where Michael Jordan played. And no one wants to play for the Bears. So if if Caleb Williams says, look, I'm not going to rock the boat and quit. I got nowhere else to go, but I don't want to play in Chicago. The commanders will move up one spot and get him. It's not hard to do the math. Kevin Bollinger joins us, sports director for Fox 5. Always appreciate it. Kevin, are you getting excited here? Hopefully the uh, rain and weather clears up so we can have a really good Super Bowl. How are you? Yeah, you know, normally we would say the calm before the storm, but it looks like uh, maybe it's the storm before the craziness that we're getting today. So what do you think about the preparation here overall? Because I know you've been doing some things and kind of visiting with the Super Bowl committee and watching the infrastructure build out and everything that's going on. A little bit of traffic, some issues with transportation. But give me some of the positives that you're seeing behind the scenes over the next couple of weeks. Well, I think that the one thing that that they've done is, you know, the, the footprint is going to be a lot easier for people to get around the Super Bowl than we see in other cities where things are so spread out. Last year it was in Glendale, but they had things in Scottsdale and downtown Phoenix, and it was all over the place in terms of uh, trying to get from point A to point B. If you're somebody coming in from out of town to experience the Super Bowl, uh, you, you almost had to have uh, you know your navigation system ready to go and build in a lot of time. Here in Las Vegas, it's going to be almost one-stop shopping, and I think that that's going to make the experience a lot better for people who are coming in from out of town. And for the locals, I think that, you know, it's an opportunity to experience the Super Bowl, even if you can't go to the game, whether it's going to the, the Monday night thing, which is the first time the NFL has ever done something like that, where they essentially get to watch media day as it happens uh, in person, uh, or if it's going to the NFL experience or, or one of the other things that they have going on around town. So there's a little bit of something for everybody. Yes, there's going to be some inconveniences with traffic, but the NFL also knows what they're doing. Las Vegas certainly knows what they're doing, and I think we're going to things, see things run smoothly throughout the week. Kevin Bollinger joins us from Fox 5. So, Kevin, I think the Mandalay Bay Convention Center for Radio Row and the NFL experience right across from Allegiant, you and I know we walked the property when there was just dirt and they were building and framing Allegiant Stadium. We knew there weren't going to be a lot of parking opportunities out there for the Raiders, let alone the Super Bowl. And I think after F1, more and more people understand you have to take rideshare 
all of these super resort casinos have shuttles to and from the game. They really have to thread the needle on that and make sure everybody's able to flow in and out of Allegiant. Correct. And, you know, and we've, we've talked about the fact that about 25% of the Raiders season ticket base is from out of town. And so they're expecting those people to walk over to Allegiant from the strip area over the Hacienda Bridge. The Super Bowl is going to be even higher than that number. So I hope that that alleviates some of the parking problem. But, uh, you know, what, what limited parking they have also is, is taken over by Tent City and a lot of the other things that are going on around there. So it's going to, to make it even you know tougher in, in terms of, of the parking part of it. But it's all about planning ahead. And, you know, the Super Bowl is just one of those events uh, where you you kind of just have to have a plan. You have to give yourself a lot of time. And I, I think if people do that and go in with the right attitude, then, then it'll be fine and, and no problem. But it also shows how, uh, as this city evolves, with Allegiant Stadium being a hub of activity for sports and concerts and everything else, they have to find a way to, to help out with the public to get there, whether it's extending the monorail there, uh, the underground thing they're doing, they have to find something uh, that's going to make this convenient as we get down the road a few years. Let me tell you something. I'm a big Elon Musk guy, and I've seen the pitch on the Boring Company and what they're doing in Vegas as they're drilling those holes. I, I hope we're all alive down the road when this thing opens. It's going to change. It's the real deal. Elon Musk put people in space. He's built this boring company is the most unique company I've seen in regards to that, but we're not there yet. What do you tell all the Raider Nation, Kevin, that's freaking out about the Chiefs being in the Raider facility? You're in the Raider facility a lot. You've hosted shows there. You've been on the field in the practice locker room. Uh, calm the Raider Nation down with Kansas City in the building. What can you tell us? Well, I can't say, you know, the Patriots were in the building for a couple of days when they had the joint practices and, and kind of had, uh, you know, uh, their time on the Raiders facility. And there were a lot of people that weren't happy about that back then. And, and, and now it's kind of escalated even more with the Chiefs. But uh, know the fact that, uh, number one, uh, you know, it, it's not like they're going to be walking the halls uh, of everything. They're going to be using the practice fields. They're going to be shuttled in on buses. They'll probably have access to the weight room and the locker room facilities right there and some of the medical stuff. Uh, certainly not not the, the ideal scenario for Raider fans to, to have the Chiefs be the AFC representative, but they also knew, uh, you know, when, when you're a Super Bowl host city, that, that comes with the territory. So uh, you know, I look at it as way of you, you want to change it, then make sure that you're the team that's representing the AFC. And, and you know, that's just uh, something that, that uh, Antonio Pierce and Tom Telesco are, are working on right now to, to try and flip the script, if you will, uh, and make the Chiefs uh, not, not a factor in the AFC West and potentially down the road uh, going to the Super Bowl. The sports director from Fox 5, Kevin Bollinger, award winner, really good reporter, unbelievable host, one of our insiders here. As we wrap this up, you were there with Tom Telesco. You saw it. You were there in the room. What was your takeaway, considering two weeks before that we had no idea and they had a long look at several GM candidates. What impressed you at the press conference? What did you take away from it? Well, you know, I think having him and Pierce side-by-side, side, it's very obvious that, that he's a little bit more reserved than Antonio Pierce. Uh, so you kind of have the yin and the yang, if, if you will, in terms of personalities, and sometimes that does work out well. Uh, I think I've talked on this show about how it's been so effective in Detroit when you have a, a big personality like Dan Campbell – uh, as as your head coach and then a, a GM that kind of get the job done, which they, they're getting the job done there. 
I think we're going to see something very similar to that. And after the news conference, I had a chance to sit down and go one-on-one with him for our stuff on Fox 5, and I, I asked him a question, and he kind of gave me a look, but I, I, he answered it well, and I said, your job as the GM is to build a roster to win the division. Nobody, uh, you know, the Chiefs have won the division here for, for, for nearly a decade. You weren't successful with the Chargers. What makes you think you'd be successful with the Raiders? And, uh, you know, he gave the, 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 the right answers, but it wasn't just the generic answers of, of you know, we've got to do this and that. It's like we need to make it to where, where the Chiefs have to prepare to beat us as much as we have to prepare to beat the Chiefs. And it, it's that mindset of, of – we're going to be the alpha dog in the fight here. And I think that that's what we're going to see uh, under this uh, new regime with the Raiders from both on the field and, and behind the scenes in football operations. So uh, I think that the Raiders have somebody who obviously has a ton of knowledge. And I think that he's going to work really well with Antonio Pierce. I'm glad that Champ Kelly stayed on uh, because I think that, that he has a lot to offer and is going to help uh, bring this thing uh, come, come a total 180 from what we've seen. Kevin Bollinger, as we wrap it up right here. Kevin, finally, your coverage of Radio Row, the parties, the Super Bowl committee. I mean, there's a lot of things I haven't even seen yet and we're not even privy to as we're coming to the Super Bowl starting Sunday, Monday. Uh, Give me your plan, how you're going to conquer the city you live in from the Mandalay Bay all the way down to Circa, navigate all this, and put out the great programming that you do on Fox 5. Well, the one thing that, that, that is beneficial this time compared to, to other Super Bowls that I've covered, you know, usually when we go to the Super Bowl, there's only like two or three of us that are there covering it and having to do everything. Now that it's here in our hometown of Las Vegas, we have an army of people at our station at Fox 5, and we've got people working around the clock. We, they've been working on this plan for over a year, uh, and we're going to have every single person at our station whether they're in the news department, the sales department, you name it. Everybody's working Super Bowl uh, to, to give everybody the best coverage. So we're going to be spread all over the place, uh, and we're going to get to everything. And, and I think that that's, that's the key is to give everybody a, a sample of what it's like to be a Super Bowl city. It hasn't happened here before. And uh, we want to give, let everybody know this is what's going on. Uh, this is how you can get involved if you want to be. And, uh, you know, try and, try and put our – our best light on everything that's happening that week. And then our job in the sports department is to focus a little bit more on the, uh, the football part uh, of it as well. But uh, certainly we'll have our, our sports team coverage will be on the air starting early in the morning from Radio Row, and we'll be taking everybody till midnight uh, with all the football stuff as well. Thank you, Kevin. I know the coverage is going to be great. I'll see you a bunch over the next week. I hope to bump into you and see you formally at some of these events and celebrate the fact that we live in Vegas. We're excited about this. This is an opportunity of a lifetime, and I know you and your team really appreciates that. Thanks for coming on today. All right, looking forward to it. Thanks, JT. You got it, Kevin Bollinger. What a great guy. Great guy, works hard everywhere. Vince Sapienza, his teammate over there, the whole team over there is fantastic. Everybody at Fox 5, proud partner of the Silver and Black as we get going. Also, Modelo, proud partner of the show. I have a bucket of Modelo's with me on Friday. We can do that also, and then I'll be back here in Vegas Friday night, and then hopefully some good things going on this weekend. Kind of the calm before the storm. You know, Danny, uh, you know what that term means, right? So jump on the mic because you're going to be pretty busy here too. This is the calm before the storm. We're fortunate to have Q Q Myers, who comes on uh, right after immediately following this show, 
There's a lot of program directors who – let me get this right. I don't want to screw this up. There's a lot of program directors who don't care. So they get to Super Bowl and they don't have the budget. They don't have the money. The radio's falling apart all over the country, and they go, oh, we don't have to go there. Oh, that sucks. Why would we go to Radio Row? They're going to be pitching socks. They're going to be pitching you know, medical prosthetics and all this. Why would we go? Because it's fun, and that's how the talent wants to be and the listeners want to be behind the scenes. Q's working around the clock to make this work out, which is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely, and you can hear his passion for it and wanting – not just Raider Nation, but also ESPN, yeah, who's going to be down there. He wants this entire building to mm-hmm. succeed and keep taking steps forward. And mm-hmm. this is one of those. And we actually had a meeting yesterday, and his emphasis was, yeah, this is the Super Bowl for the NFL, but this is the Super Bowl for this radio station as well. Mm-hmm. This is the biggest event that we're going to have all season or all year, and he wants everything to – Make sure everything is in order and we're yeah. all doing the best that we can. I like that. It is a Super Bowl for the radio station. Initially, when we opened up this radio station, we were already here at Lotus Broadcasting to get the Raiders exclusively here. And then to get the Raiders to put our, uh, to put our radio show on their mobile app was everything. Everything. Because all the people in the chat who are on YouTube now with me and everybody who's calling in. How many Vegas people on hold right now? Oh, that'd be none. How many people from around the country? We need our listeners around the country to keep this station vibrant, at least in my time slot. I love to talk to fans from Fort Lauderdale, New Jersey, you know, Michigan, even Kansas City. Ooh, I haven't said Kansas City yet today. That's the first time I think I said Kansas City. And we're still at that point. Who are you rooting for? That's kind of lame radio. You know, we touched on it for day one. Who are you rooting for? We're all rooting against Kansas City. We're all rooting against Kansas City in Raider Nation. We get that. It's just how troublesome and bothersome it is for fans to see the 49ers here. I wasn't born in Oakland. I wasn't born in the Bay Area. I don't have the hatred for the Niners that, and the, uh, that that I do for the Chiefs. Not hatred, but the disregard. But, man, you talk to Chris in West Oakland and that whole Oakland crew up there. Oh, oh they want the Niners. They, Chris in West Oakland made a great point. He goes, he has to live with them. You have to live with those 49er fans if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl. And that's tough because if the Niners do it, the faithful that are in Santa Clara, it's going to be tough to hang with them. Michael S. says, JT, I'm here in Kansas City. Been with you a long time. From San Jose originally, been a fan. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks to everybody who's listening and watching the show as we continue. Vinny Bonsignor, 130, a 140. Johnny Katz on the Super Bowl around 125. Uh, my goal was today to catch, before I had to catch my flight, to play the Tom Telesco interview again. We haven't heard that, but I think we'll hold that for another day. Hoping to talk to Tom on Radio Row. And man, I lined up some Hall of Famers. So we've lined up Six Hall of Famers who are going to join us on this time slot during Radio Row. Their schedules are crazy, but it's going to fit in here nicely. If you're coming to Vegas for the Super Bowl, let us know what you're doing, where you're staying, what you're going to do. I got friends staying everywhere. Buddy called up today in radio and said, do you have room on the couch? I have a very cool wife. We're not doing couch surfing. We, I did that in my 30s and 40s. We're not couch surfing the way we used to back in the day, but, yeah, it's going to be fun. A lot of friends coming into town, a lot of radio people coming into town. Uh, Mar- uh, Mar- Mario, 
Tough to say, man, but I don't want the 49ers to win it all. I'm in the Bay Area, born and raised. No 49ers. I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot from the Bay Area. We're brought to you by Tequila Commissario. The Ferrari tequilas, their reserved tequila is the best I've ever tasted. It's got that wood barrel finish, that smoky taste. It's fantastic. Tequila Commissario, proud partner of our show. We'll wrap up hour number one in about 12 minutes and a big second hour. All on deck, Super Bowl City and the flagship of the Silver and Black. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by Local 872, your workforce solution. Oh, that's a good way to bring us in. The Local 872 led by Tommy White. Reminding everybody the Chiefs' kingdom towel there at Allegiant was a hoax. That was a hoax there, and there's no curse of Allegiant Stadium. Kansas City, the Chiefs just happened to play really well at Allegiant Stadium because they've had the best team in the world over the last four or five years. So got to start beating Kansas City at Allegiant the way the Raiders beat Kansas City at Arrowhead. Paul is up next. Paul, thanks for calling in. What's happening? Hey, Paul the Mailman from Modesto. Raiders Thank you, Paul. Go ahead. Away, man. Born and bred in Oakland, loves the games out there. I got to see with the quarterback. When was the last time that we had a running quarterback in our system? The last one was Gannon. We need somebody like Gannon to come in there and run when you need to get the first down. We don't need a running quarterback at all. We need somebody to arm a smart and run when you need to. O'Connell, give him, give him an offseason to, to, to do that. And maybe he can be the quarterback, but I don't want a running quarterback. Pocket passer and run when he need to get the first down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me jump in and remind Raiders. you, Terrell Pryor and some of the other running oh. quarterbacks. Yeah, Terrell no, Pryor. Those, those never panned out. Man. Well, but Terrell Pryor, but let me jump in on that. It's a very important point that you just said when it comes to this. If you're in the NFL, you're a quarterback. Okay? You're a, you're a quarterback. You're in the NFL. If you happen to run better than you throw, and that's rare, Michael Vick. I mean, the greatest running quarterback of all time, too, for running are Fran Tarkenton and Steve Young. Fran Tarkenton and Steve Young. If you don't know Fran Tarkenton, get to YouTube, okay? And Steve Young. Michael Vick was good. Michael Vick, I always bring up Michael Vick. Michael Vick threw a great deep ball and a really electric pass, but he was known for running. Gannon was unbelievable. Gannon didn't have a big, big monster arm, but Gannon can throw it. He can he can get it up there, threw it over the top, but he was a great runner. He was tough. All Justin Fields needs, if he stays in Chicago, comes to the Raiders or anywhere else, is he just got to work on his decision-making in the pocket because he can make every throw. But I like quarterbacks who can run for first downs because they sure know how to do it against us. They all seem to know how to run for first downs against the Raiders. Maybe we'll get one of those guys coming up.